European Heart Journal, Case Report Podcast 2020. I'm Dr. Ashwin Babu, Podcast Editor. Today, I'll be talking about a case report by Simran Shergill, James Davis and Naomi Keynes from the South Warwickshire NHS Foundation Trust in England, titled Effusive Constrictive Cholesterol Pericarditis, a Case Report. Introduction Cholesterol pericarditis, also known as gold paint pericarditis, is a rare cause of pericardial effusions. It was first described in 1919, where it was characterized by chronic pericardial effusions with high pericardial cholesterol concentrations without the formation of cholesterol crystals. Whilst majority of the cases are idiopathic in nature, it is often associated with hypothyroidism, rheumatoid arthritis, and tuberculosis. The following case report describes a case of effusive constrictive cholesterol pericarditis secondary to rheumatoid arthritis. Summary of case report. A 72-year-old gentleman with a background of seropositive rheumatoid arthritis, previous rhabdomyosarcoma, benign bladder polyps, and exogenous steroid-related adrenal suppression, underwent a CT thorax, abdomen, and pelvis as part of a workup for his macroscopic hematuria. Incidentally, this found a large encysted pericardial effusion. Of note, he was a heavy ex-smoker of 100 pack years and has a strong family history of malignancy in both parents. An urgent outpatient transthoracic echocardiogram was performed, which showed features consistent with cardiac tamponade. This included a large pericardial effusion with evidence of right atrial collapse and right ventricular mid-diastolic free wall collapse with a dilated inferior vena cava. He was subsequently admitted as an inpatient for further management. On admission, blood pressure demonstrated evidence of pulses paradoxus with a systolic blood pressure drop of more than 11 mm per mercury on inspiration. On history taking, the patient reported a mild shortness of breath on exertion. There was no associated chest pains or other symptoms consistent with heart failure. Examination revealed features of severe rheumatoid arthritis but nothing to suggest active synovitis. Cardiovascular examination revealed quiet heart sounds, an elevated JVP up to the mid-neck, and mild pedal edema. Blood tests and admission showed elevated total cholesterol levels of 5 millimoles per litre and a high HbA1c, confirming a new diagnosis of type 2 diabetes. A 12-litre ECG was performed, which showed low QRS voltages, right-axis deviation, and anterior Q waves. Given the concerning clinical and echocardiographic features for cardiac tamponade, the patient underwent an urgent pericardiosynthesis. 400 milliliters of dark hemosphere fluid was drained. A post-procedural transthoracic echocardiogram showed resolution of the RV free wall collapse and the pulses paradoxus. Analysis of the pericardial fluid showed markedly elevated cholesterol levels of 8.3 millimoles per liter with normal being 0.5 to 1 millimoles per liter, and with numerous cholesterol crystals, fermi-xanthomatous macrophages, and giant cells. Cytology was negative for malignant cells. Thus, a diagnosis of cholesterol pericarditis was established. The pericardial drain was removed after 48 hours after a transthoracic echocardiogram revealed a small rim of pericardial fluid. The patient was commenced on cortisone. Four days after removal of the pericardial drain, a repeat transthoracic echocardiogram showed a recurrence of the effusion with 80 mm of fluid anterior to the right heart. However, the patient was stable and was discharged with a plan for follow-up transthoracic echocardiograms. Two weeks later, 
the patient attended for a surveillance echocardiogram. The amount of effusion remained stable. However, there was new right ventricular diastolic collapse, with features suggestive of constrictive pericarditis. This included septal flattening and pericardial thickening. Subsequently, a CT thorax was performed, which showed a thickened pericardium and adhesion of both parietal and visceral pericardium. As he remained asymptomatic with no clinical features of cardiac tamponade or shock, he was started on prednisolone and planned for a pericardial window. The patient underwent an uncomplicated pericardial window. He was noted to have multiple adhesions over the ventricles and 300 mL of turbid yellow fluid was drained. Histopathological examination showed a fibrotic pericardium with granulation tissue and hemosiderin deposits. He was subsequently discharged with ongoing cardiology follow-up. Discussion The authors in this case report present a rare case of cholesterol pericarditis causing effusive constrictive pericarditis. Cholesterol pericarditis is diagnosed by elevated levels of cholesterol in the pericardial fluid with or without the formation of cholesterol crystals. Chronic and large pericardial effusions can be common in patients with cholesterol pericarditis, but the progression to cardiac tamponade or effusive constrictive pericarditis remains rare. It is thought that the recurrent subclinical pericarditis resulting in inflammation of the pericardium along with fluid accumulation triggers LDL absorption into the pericardium and results in large effusions with fibrin and crystal formation. The symptoms of chest pain and shortness of breath are prevalent in these patients. The management of these patients depends on the hemodynamic significance of the pericardial effusion. If the effusion is large or showing evidence of cardiac tamponade, then the patient should undergo urgent pericardial synthesis. If the effusions do not show hemodynamic compromise, then treating the underlying cause along with close monitoring is of utmost importance. In this case, patient exhibited features of cardiac tamponade and thus underwent an urgent pericardial drain. Rarely, effusive constrictive cholesterol pericarditis can develop. As in this case report, even after drainage of the pericardial fluid, patients still exhibited constrictive physiology on its echocardiogram. Effusive constrictive pericarditis is characterized by both pericardial constriction and effusion occurring at the same time. Whilst pericardial constriction leads to a non-compliant ventricle with obliteration of the pericardial cavity, the addition of pericardial effusion can lead to features of cardiac tamponade. The etiology of effusive constrictive pericarditis often overlaps with the causes of both constrictive pericarditis and pericardial effusions. In the Western world, the most common causes remain malignancy, viral, autoreactive, post-cardiac surgery, and radiotherapy. In the developing nations, both TB and HIV remain as the most common causes. Thus, cholesterol pericarditis remains an elusive cause only confirmed by pericardial fluid analysis. The diagnosis of effusive constrictive pericarditis is confirmed by the presence of constrictive physiology on echocardiogram along with pericardial effusions. However, the gold standard remains right heart catheterization demonstrating persistently elevated right atrial pressures even after drainage of the pericardial effusion. Both CT and cardiac MRI can aid in the diagnosis of effusive constrictive pericarditis as they are more adept than echo in assessing pericardial thickness, calcification and extent of pericardial involvement. Further, histopathological evaluation of the pericardium shows a thickened pericardium with widespread adhesions and fibrosis, as demonstrated in this case report. Both medical and surgical options play a role in the treatment of effusive constrictive pericarditis. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, colchicine or steroids should be considered on a case-by-case -case scenario 
in patients with symptoms of pain and inflammation. In patients displaying signs of heart failure, directed therapy also plays an important role in achieving symptom control. Moreover, in patients where an infective etiology is suspected, specific antimicrobial therapy should be started. Ultimately, despite these controlling measures, patients will often become progressively symptomatic. These patients require pericardectomy for a curative option. As the visceral pericardium plays the role of constricting the heart, most patients undergo a visceral pericardectomy. Given the surgical risks with such an invasive procedure, this should only be reserved for patients who are not responding to medical therapy. The patient in this case report was asymptomatic, but given the recurrent diffusions, he underwent a pericardial window with close follow-up to see if a pericardectomy is warranted in the future. Conclusion Cholesterol pericarditis is a rare cause of pericardial effusions, but should always be considered in patients presenting with recurrent pericarditis associated with large effusions. Medical management and pericardiosynthesis play an important role in reducing the symptomatic burden in these patients. However, surgery still remains a definitive treatment in these patients. The authors wanted to highlight the following learning points. 1. Cholesterol pericarditis is characterized by chronic, large pericardial effusions that often reaccumulate following percutaneous drainage. 2. Pericardectomy is recommended as a safe and effective treatment for symptomatic cases of effusive constrictive cholesterol pericarditis who have failed medical therapy. Thank you to the authors of this case report for highlighting this interesting case for us. And thank you for listening to European Heart Journal Case Report Podcast. References and the original case reports are available online. Visit academic.oup.com forward slash EAJCR for other interesting case reports. Music is computed by State Shirt.